views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Yeah. 
today. And we're, we're getting to interview a lot of really cool people. But you know, there are some people that I get to interview, you get to interview, that have really broken the glass ceiling of this disease. Really broken through it. And what do I mean by that? Is I mean that when you bring the science, when you bring the methodology, when you bring case after case after case, and when you couple that with a phenomenal doctor who refused to go down, what do you get? You get a best-selling book, right? And for those of you out there that don't believe that there's anything about Lyme disease going on, just pick this book up. Joining me here today, Dr. Richard Horowitz. Fabulous book. Thank you. You're an amazing guy. Thank you. It's very kind. You're everything that we've said you were. <laughs> and more. And more. Have you been speaking to my wife? Yeah. Actually, probably we um, I wanted to ask you a, a question about your journey so far. What has this been like since you wrote this book? What oh. it, what's been happening? Oh, it's been it's been very busy. Yeah. Um, oh, it's been it's very so busy. Um, I'm speaking uh, day, I'm doing talk after talk. I was just at Harvard, Harvard doing yeah. Grand Rounds wow, at Harvard, where Alan Steer gave me CME credits for going to Harvard. Wow. And Congressman Gibson asked me to chair the Dutchess County Medical Society Conference online, and I offered an invitation to Gary Wormser, who agreed. Oh my gosh. So we're not sure this conference is still taking place. I just heard that it may not be. Oh, wow. But I'm trying to extend so both sides can come together. Yeah. Because we really need the best and the brightest of both sides to answer why some of these patients don't get better. The majority of my patients do get better with this treatment model, but I'd like everyone to work together for those patients that don't get better. Right, yeah. because for so long, the names you just mentioned are infectious disease doctors that just wanted to label Lyme disease as an acute, short-term infectious illness, correct? And what we found out the hard way in the trenches, you... I mean, there's, there's absolutely no doubt with the science on it. And the reason I think the camps will be able to come together now is there's recent scientific literature in the mouse model, um, in the human model, showing yeah. there is persistence. Yeah. Yeah. But where I think they've missed the boat is the people who are sick who come to see me, they don't have Lyme. The infectious disease doctors have been talking about Lyme, but the people who come to see me, they have co-infections. They have Babesia, malaria, Bartonella, cat scratch fever, heavy metals, environmental toxins. They have all these hormones that are thrown off, and these were not addressed in those double-blind studies. So we have a bridge here where we really can work together, and I'm really hoping that this is going to be the start of something where we can move forward finally. Well, I think it could be, if you think about it, in our healthcare system, we're riddled with chronic illness. We're one of the worst countries in the world. Our levels of chronic illness are so high, and a lot of them are autoimmune-style disorders, and Lyme disease could be the crossover, right. and all the co-infections, we could have a breakthrough in the next decade. Oh, no, there, there's no doubt. In fact, most of the people with um, chronic disease who come to me with autoimmune, there's definitely an infectious component, yeah. as well as heavy metals. Mercury yeah. Yeah. will also cause autoimmune problems, and yeah. even mycoplasma, mycoplasma has been shown to cause yeah. autoimmune problems. So what they've missed with medicine is Pastor's postulate that there's one cause for one disease. People are missing there's a multifactorial causality here that's usually many things causing people to be sick, and 
that's really what the book is about, and that's why I hope the rheumatologists and infectious disease will be able to help validate this model that I know is working for patients. You know, you said something interesting. What I found in my journey of ending up in the rheumatoid arthritis bucket was uh, a real hard nut to cover around rheumatology and Lyme disease. I think that in any other, any of the arenas, it seems like this is the, the two, two groups are so far apart, really. Now, I've worked with a rheumatologist, and I work with a natural doctor, and I've been the one to say, Thank you so much for joining us.
everybody does our thing. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we'd like to invite everyone to the dining room to please find their seats. The program will begin shortly.
might be watching this. It, it wasn't necessarily my inner voice. It was at a dinner table conversation with my parents one night. I was explaining the science to my family. They're, they're very interested in science. And my mom just looks at me and says, you make sensors. Make Lyme disease sensors.
you back. We got a little bit quieter in here. Woo! I hope that audio is going to get picked up. Chris, how are you doing back at WBLQ? We're so thrilled to be continuing this journey and this conversation. You know, a lot of people have come through here. A lot of people I've gotten to talk to in the past 10 years. And, um, but to be able to have this conversation with you, you represent something that a lot of folks have not been talking about just yet. Introduce yourselves to our audience. Take a look at the camera. Okay. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you. This is really critically important. I am the chairperson of the Hudson Valley Lyme Disease Association. Yes. I'm on the Dutchess County Legislative Team yep. Task Force. Um, a group called Stop Ticks Up People. And also an integrated pest management work group. And, of course, our New York State Lyme Disease Coalition on Lyme and Tick-Borne Disease, which yes. David is a part of. Yeah. Um, so I had Lyme disease for well over a decade before I was finally diagnosed, and I really thought my life was over at that point. And I must say, it is the physicians who are willing to stick their very licenses on the line yeah. by treating me for more than four weeks that gave me my life back again and allowed me to get back to work and be a productive member of society once again. And I think I was kind of shocked to find out. I was so excited to finally have a diagnosis, but I was shocked to yeah. find out it isn't just take two aspirin and you're better in the morning. And then because of my training as a programmer at IBM, we always did something called root cause analysis. And I looked at this and I said, well, this is pretty simple. The problem is the ticks. <laughs> you know? The problem is the ticks. And what are we doing about the ticks? So in 40 years that this disease was first discovered here in Lyme, Connecticut, the plight of patients hasn't changed. Right. We still don't have a reliable test that can tell us who is active disease and who doesn't. But I can tell you what has changed in those 40 years. Ticks have increased dramatically. They have. They spread geographically. Their habitats have changed. Habitats have changed. But also, it isn't just Lyme disease anymore. No. It's way beyond that. Almost every single year we learn about more voracious yeah, yeah. pathogens that the ticks are infecting us with. And you know what? One bite and you can get more than just Lyme disease. That's yes. right. And viruses, mycoplasmas. So right. uh, when I was first being uh, treated for Lyme, I thought, oh, this is great. Why would I put DEET on my skin when I'm on antibiotics? So I went down to my garden, and I started gardening without DEET on, you know, toxic yeah. DEET on me. Well, whammo, guess what I got? Babesiosis, 105 fevers. Nobody oh, had any dear. idea. And then a number of years later, um, Dr. Horowitz found that Babesia was being discovered. In the Hudson um, River Valley. Right. Surging, and I right? went to our ecologist in the area, Dr. Richard Ostfeld, yes. and asked him to send ticks out to be investigated. And lo and behold, of course, they carried babesiosis. So then the state started testing, and lo and behold, ticks in land had babesiosis. So at least doctors now know to look for it. But here's the word of the most promising field, the most promising field to protect and prevent infection, and that's what we need to do. People shouldn't be getting yes. sick in the first place, is the research in the ecology to stop the ticks, to reduce their numbers, or reduce their ability to transmit pathogens to yeah. us. Yeah. Children ages 5 through 9 
soccer fields or the baseball fields, yeah. right? So when I was a child, we used to go out and roll on the grass oh, and yes. enjoy the Horseback riding, tree forts. Children should not get sick just by merely going outside to play. Right. Well, you know, coinciding with this, and you know this, I bet. If you look at the, the statistics on the rise in autoimmune disease in women, yeah. it correlates to the time frame that Lyme, 40 years ago, that Lyme was detected. And every year, you can see the rise. And now we're at record-breaking occurrences of autoimmune disease in women to the point now where when you get a new autoimmune disease, it, they have to give it a new name. Everything but look at maybe what's going on underneath that. So here's my, here's my thing. There has been a pittance of funding for research. Yes, a pittance. For, for these researchers who hold the most promise in doing something to protect us. We need to protect us and stop the scourge. It yes. will never happen until the tick problem is addressed. I implore all of you to get the word out. We need our government to fund this kind of research and stop the nonsense. Yes. We are so, that's why we're doing this right here. Thank this you. is Broadcast Live. Thank you, WBLQ. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. And thank, thank you so you much. Thank you very much. Wow, you are a shaker, aren't you? I'm <laughs> 70 years old. I am.
back, everyone. They're clapping for us. That is so great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What an event. Well, we're breathing a little bit now, aren't we? I know. We're breathing a little We've bit. We've been nonstop for over I two know. hours. Katina Macris joining me here today. I'm Dr. Pat, as many of you know me. Um, Limelight Radio, the Dr. Pat Show, Transformation Talk Radio. Last year, you heard an interview that I got to do with a young woman. And it was one of the hardest interviews I think I've ever done on this topic. Um, but it was the interview that enabled me to take a new direction of what we do with the network, what we're doing, and launching uh, Lime uh, Global here, LimeGlobal.com shortly. And for those of you out there, there's a reason for it. Um, beyond Katina and I having our own journey, our own struggles, one of the things is we see the struggle in other people. People that are at the point in times in their lives where they should be celebrating. Yes. Um, having rejoicing. fun. <laughs> um, but yet they're showing up at events like this, like my very, very special guest today joining me here today. You know, she's someone that truly inspired me to keep doing what we are doing this year and has helped so many people. Chloe, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I remember me. how nervous you were last year. I was. But John made you do it, didn't he? He did. Yes, and this is Chloe Rapp for people that haven't met Chloe before. You visited us last year in Martha's Vineyard. Vineyard. And um, Chloe has had a long journey with Lyme disease since you were, what, an early teen? 11 years old. 11 years old. So I'm 21 now, so it's been a decade. Yep. A rough decade, but I'm excited for the next decade because I have a feeling of hope that this is a turning point, and I feel really honored to be a part of that turning point, and it's kind of, it's something to be proud of that someday I'll be able to look back on my experience and see kids that get Lyme disease and get well right away, and it's because we do, people like you guys and TBDA do this work to find a cure so that people don't have to go through the struggles that I went through as a child. Yeah, so. it's so um, shocking, really, how many youngsters and teens get mm-hmm. infected. They don't show the bullseye rash. I didn't have one. Right, and we just come down tick. with a flu I didn't either. or headaches or, you know, then the malaise sits in or, you know, you just can't focus for your schoolwork. Exactly. And... You know, most of the doctors don't even think to check these teens and youngsters for Lyme. And I know one of the things that you're passionate about is bringing Lyme disease education into the school system. Yes, yes. I never want any young child to have to go through the path that I walk. So anything that I can do to help them create a new curriculum that is meant for kids with Lyme disease and accommodates them so that they have an equal chance at walking. Whereas I had to homeschool myself for all of high school. And I got A's and fives on my P's and I insisted on walking, but it took a huge toll on my health. And I don't think that's fair for kids who are mentally able to do well in school to have mm. right they get to, slip, they to, lose a school year or two right. and not everybody can get a two and to, and to have their health compromised in order to do well in school because 
getting Lyme is not your fault. Right. It's not like you committed a crime, so you shouldn't be punished for it. Right. But you do feel like that, don't you? I mean, you know, I'm not uh, 21, but even with my journey, um, you know, you, you come to a place where you feel like you're not being heard, right? And that was part of what you shared with me a year ago. Mm-hmm. I How, felt like I wasn't being heard. Right. Which is why I started working with Latina, which was amazing. It was such an incredible experience. Yes. yes. Chloe, Chloe, yes. Chloe was forever. my personal assistant and helped with Limelight Radio for all of our listeners that have tuned in every week. Chloe was helping me with all the social media feeds. <laughs> And uh, tweeting for us and Facebooking. And, and it was a blast. It was wonderful. And She's I would love beautiful. to work with you again just because it's so much fun working with you. Yes, I bet it's a real hoot, though. Uh-huh. It's so we much a, fun. It's, I, it is. It's a lot we have a lot of fun together. Yeah. It's, it's good to make light of Lyme disease. I mean, when look you at can. us. I mean, who do you think? I mean, look at us. We even named, we even did this after the uh, Saturday Night Live gig. I mean, we're calling this Lime from New York. It's Thursday night. I mean, we got to lighten up a you little bit about to. it. You have to. You have to. It's not anything to laugh about, but the vibration is so heavy of Lyme disease. Yes, you know, it when is. you're so sick, you're so down at the bottom of the barrel. Your 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 whole personal vibration is despair and fear and suffering and so you're right we have to lift the energy and rise above it right it's so important to turn your weakness into a strength and find somebody like katina and dr pat and move on to find to partner with tbd and and you know making light of yeah, weakness and turning it into something that you can do to help others. And Chloe, I remember that you, uh, a couple of years ago, were doing so well. You'd gotten strong enough that you were off to college. Yes. Right? So when I finished high school, we thought I was in remission. I'll be okay. It's done with. I can go off to college. And my plan was that, and I I followed through because I got into the program, that I went and I lived in Madrid for my first two years of college. And by the end of it, I ended up at about 75 pounds as a a 20-year-old. Wow. Um, just because bacteria was eating away all the nutrients I was I was digesting, so I was absorbing nothing. And I was so weak, I fell down my stairs, broke my ribs, and had a complete relapse out of out of left field. And my dad had to come to Spain and rescue me. So it's been a treacherous year then yes, too, hasn't it? It's been a very hard wow. year, but it's so a lot of so emergency room visits this past up. year. Right. Even when you think you're well, it's so important to follow up. Right. Keep on rebuilding all the depletions and yeah. damage that the illness Keep on induces. Keep your body. Well, look at your hair tonight. Yeah. And looking fabulous. Thank you. And I know it's great to see you. It's been a journey on so many levels. Now, where are you now? Tell us where you are now and what your what your game plan is here, because I know you're you know you're back. Mm -hmm. So I I you know I want to know that folks can really not just deal with this but thrive. So I'm I'm attending college at Suffolk University. I'm on I have a pick line that I like to dress up. It's very pretty. You know, if you're gonna have a pick line, you might as well make it pretty. And um, 
I'm on the junior board for TBDA, and that's congratulations. Been, that's really that's an accomplishment. Yeah. It's, it's really been wonderful. such an amazing experience and something that I never foresaw in my future. I never expected to come this far from from my illness and yes. have become such a positive aspect of my life with it being so negative and having so many negative impacts on my entire body. No. But no. Being, being a part of organizations like TBDA yes. and Limelight Radio really it empowers it, you. It really makes your spirit lighten up and and feel like revived. Yeah. So. Well, we're really proud of you, Chloe. You're a you. stunning example for others to witness of what it's like for a teenager who was decimated by this illness yes. and how you keep courageously fighting back and these different well, milestones that you've achieved. Do. And I hope keep, to, keep working at it. I will. I will. I hope to help any kid or teenager going through this that are stuck in the mud because... When you have Lyme, you slip into that hole of depression so easily, oh, yes. mm-hmm. and there's something called Lyme depression, and it's different than yes, depression. Yes. And you slip into that hole of depression, so any kid or any teenager that I can help get out of the mud and see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. is a success for me. So, yeah. And any parent, for those of you listening... You know, any parent, um, you know, those, you know, if, you're, if your child is coming to you, uh, you might want to take a second look at what they're saying and at what their experience is. Not every kid on this planet has ADD and ADHD. Uh, not every kid on this planet is going through hormonal changes. Yeah. Not every kid on yeah. this planet is taking some illegal substance that you Or is think. lazy. Or is lazy. Or wants right. to sleep all day, or not wants to sleep or wants all to day. school. Right. And go exactly. nervous and exactly. has digestive issues. That's right. right. So for those of you listening to this, here's the message. That's not normal for a kid to act like that. Children want to play. They want to be happy. They make that happy song. And if your child is acting like that, think again. If your child is acting like that, tune into Limelight Radio. If your child is acting like that, tune into the Dr. Pat Show. If your child is acting like that, go to Tickborne Disease Alliance and look up some of the things that are going on and talk to these young people. Because what you may find out may save their lives. And at the very least, get a Western blot. It can't harm you in any way possible. It's just a way to protect yourself and know if you've Lyme or not. There you go. And so there's no harm in getting a Western blot. So fight for it. Get the testing done. I actually Got and my, go, I actually go, ran across my my first one day back in 2003 or something. Go, I actually was cleaning out the closets, yes. and there it was. Go as far as you have to go to get that test. Yes, get it done. That test can save your life. I had to call in my uncle from California, who's a plastic surgeon, to get my test. To get your test. Wow. And Is that because no one else would do it? The hospitals in Boston, they wanted to test me for every cancer test possible and would not give me a Western blot. That's right. So you have to be very adamant about getting the test. Chloe, I hope you'll come back again. I always We're going to follow you for as long as I'm around. I will be with you two forever. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back.
invites you to join him for four exciting days in the art of advanced alchemy. Join his weekend intensive in Livingston, Montana, or on his worldwide broadcast May 1st through 4th. The master will share new alchemical formulas never before released. Experience Darshan with St. Germain responding to questions on advanced alchemy, all to help you live with greater flow and ease in dealing with life. For details of St. Germain's May 1st through 4th new advanced alchemical formulas, visit davidclewisclass.org. Thank you for listening to Transformation Talk Radio. 